This is City Church Together for Tuesday, January 26th. I'm the host with the most, the priest with the least, Trevor Atwood. I just came up with that on the spot, guys. Welcome to Tuesday morning. Uh, We're going to do a hear journal this morning through Luke. Um, This is where we look at the scripture that we're reading together through the app. If you're not on a daily Bible reading plan, uh, we have one on our app. You should download our app and get it. Uh, We are reading through as a church Luke together. So today we find ourselves in Luke chapter 5, verse 27 through 39. And by coincidence, that's also what I'm going to read. Look at God. Luke 5, 27 39. <laughs> After this, Jesus went out and saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at the tax office, and he said to him, follow me. So leaving everything behind, he got up and began to follow him. Then Levi hosted a grand banquet for him at his house. Now there was a large crowd of tax collectors and others who were guests with them. But the Pharisees and their scribes were complaining to his disciples Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Jesus replied to them, It's not those who are healthy who need a doctor, but those who are sick. I've come not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Then they said to him, Well, John's disciples fast often and say prayers, and those of the Pharisees do the same, but yours eat and drink. And Jesus said to them, You can't make the wedding guests fast while the groom is with them, can you? Unless you do your pictures after the ceremony and then everybody, you know what I mean? Y'all ever been there? Okay, verse 35. But the time will come when the groom will be taken away from them and they will fast in those days. He also told them a parable. No one tears a patch from a new garment and puts it on an old garment. Otherwise, not only will he tear the new, but also the piece from the new garment won't even match the old. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the new wine will burst the skins and it will spill and the skins will be ruined. No, new wine is put into fresh wineskins. And no one after drinking old wine wants new because he says the old is better. And that's the word of the Lord from Luke chapter 5. Um, some very confusing, uh, a couple of very, uh, or maybe not very, mildly confusing parables at the end here that take a little bit of sort of concentration and thought. Um, and I thought that might be um, what best to concentrate on, um, especially since um, we were in Joshua chapter 3 and 4 this past Sunday, uh, where um, I uh, spoke some about new and old, and um, how some of us are drawn towards new, and some of us are fearful of new, and therefore cling to old. Um, and since Jesus brings that up here and we're fresh off that from Joshua, I'm going to pay some attention to that in what we highlight. So that's going to be the main purpose of what we're doing here is let's, let's understand what Jesus is saying in verse 36 through 39 when he gives this parable of a new patch, uh, of, a, of a patch for an old garment from a new piece, how that doesn't work out, and then, and then putting new wine in old wineskins and how that doesn't work out. So, um, first, let's explain what's going on here. Um, we read about Jesus going to Levi, who is a tax collector. Um, tax collector is bad. Um, people saw tax collectors, rightly so, because they were ripping off their own people. They were traitors, Benedict Arnold's, and they were doing it for their own financial gain. 
So the Pharisees, who were not considered traitors, they were the heroes of um, Israel's people in, in a sense that, wow, look at these guys that really have it together. Uh, look at these guys that follow the law. Look at these guys that teach us. You know, they are sort of our exalted leaders, okay? Um, when they see Jesus eating with, at this banquet with Levi, who's just dropped everything, repented of his tax collecting, as it were, and followed Jesus, they say, how can you possibly eat with this guy? Don't you know his reputation? And the charge is, um, essentially, to associate with tax collectors and sinners is to become one of them. Don't you know uh, the Pharisees uh, are communicating? Don't you know that there are sort of rules against that to keep us holy? And Jesus comes back with his idea of, um, well, I'm there because these are um, people that, that need healing. So I, I'm not just going to hang out with all of you guys that know the law so well. I need to take and apply some of that law that you know so well to these guys and do it not in a way that condemns them, but in a way that I, I can show them myself from this law. I can show them, I can reveal myself to them, and they can repent and follow me. Okay, So that's, that's the setup. As we get into this next question where they say they, they really hone in, the Pharisees do, they really hone in on this idea of eating and drinking, and they come at it from a different angle. They say, okay, fine. Um, well, why aren't you doing like we do? And, oh, yeah, like John the Baptist, his followers, he's your cousin. You, are, you guys were all good and all, you know, uh, uh, friends with one another on the same team. And they said, we're all fasting and praying. Wouldn't that be the more spiritual thing here to do? Instead of eating and sort of risking, I guess in our terms, your witness, why not just fast and pray? And sure, you can still take that message to them, but, but you should be fasting and praying instead of eating and drinking. Why, why are you going to their parties? Why aren't you sort of standing outside of their parties and praying for them? And Jesus' reply to that is, listen, he gives this, this little analogy of a wedding. Um, let me go, or, or a parable of a wedding. Let me just go ahead and spell that out. While I am with my disciples, they should be enjoying time with me. I'm not going to have them fast and pray while they could spend time with me, the very God to whom they are praying. So I, I want them to, I want them to enjoy me. Now, a time is going to come, and he's referring specifically to the day, the day and a half between his death and his resurrection. So now a time is going to come where there's, they're going to think I'm gone. And indeed, I will be. I will have died on a cross. And there will be time for fasting and praying there, which oddly enough is when they don't do it, right? But, but he says, no, 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 but while I'm here, you enjoy me, you enjoy my presence. So Jesus is now saying, I enjoy uh, like I go and I, I do this intimate dining thing with sinners and tax collectors, and I also do it with my disciples, okay? And then that's when, so, so after those sort of rebukes and, and teaching moments, that's when he gets to the point where he's going after the heart of the Pharisees. And what these two parables are saying are the Pharisees, if, if you remember the sermon from this last week, the, Pharisee, the Pharisees are heavy into the neophobic category, okay? Afraid of new things. That's what neophobic is. You're afraid of the new. They are heavy into the neophobic um, uh, 
sort of agenda. This would be um, this would be um, a a heavy heavy politically conservative kind of like I no I don't want new ideas. All new ideas are dangerous. All new ideas will lead us to the wrong thing. So they are heavy heavy neophobes, and Jesus comes in basically saying the kingdom that I am bringing is going to be something new to you. And what I am offering, you do not have, you are not looking at the law in the proper light because you, you are, keep, it is keeping you from letting this new thing in. Okay. You, it is keeping you from letting me in. In other words, you are going to have to change the categories, Pharisees, of what you think in order to receive the blessing from God that you are chasing with your old ways. Now, let me say what this is not saying. This is not saying that we should look at our Bible, okay, as we get into apply. This is not saying that we should look at our Bible and go, oh, you know, just like the old covenant evolved into the new, and now, you know, now our Bible's kind of old, thousands of years old, and so now that... Now, we can kind of reinterpret, and when something new comes along, let, let's say that, okay, well, why shouldn't we embrace, um, uh, say, um, gay marriage? Well, that, you know, is that not, that's just part of the, is that part of a new revelation, progressive, re- well, something is to be said about the end of the canon, which is scripture that we believe in, but that's not what it's talking about. It's not talking about just any new ideas. It is talking about the fulfillment of the things that the old covenant promised, um, things that even Jeremiah said, there's going to be a new filling, a new pouring out of God's spirit. And this is what Jesus is telling the Pharisees. There is a principle, like when we start applying this, okay, there's a principle that we can learn from this, and it is this. It is it's just a reinforcement of some of the things that I said this past Sunday. And that is there is a way that we can get stuck, yes, even in the revelation of God that we have in Scripture now, where we sort of form our own culture, our own society, our own way of seeing the world, and it just kind of morphs with the same things that it morphed with the Pharisees with, um, self, uh, self-aggrandizing, um, self-focus, making myself the most important, things that actually the Scripture is against, yet we use the Scripture to protect. And then anything that challenges, anything that challenges us, we say, we see as kind of that neophobic. No, no, no. That's something new that can't, that's going to lead us down the wrong way. That's a slippery slope to over there. Instead of judging everything by the word of God, which if the Pharisees would have done, if the Pharisees would have been open to scripture, like the men on the road to Emmaus are going to be in Luke 24, when you get there, if they would have been opening to listen to Jesus in the synagogues, as he preached, this has been fulfilled in your hearing. If they would have been open to those new things, they would have also been able to do like Matthew Levi does, which is drop his sinful life, turn and follow Jesus. But they're not open to it. They're not open to the new. And the same church, we can do the same things. We have seen it happen generation after generation after generation after generation. We take the word of God and and usually in a good spirit, we apply it to something culturally, but then what we apply it to culturally 
um, it starts to become the very word of God, not just an application of it. And then we sort of start to make associations. And before you learn, like for many of you listening to this podcast, I seriously doubt that when someone pulls out a deck of cards, you go, oh, no, 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 no. We, we can't do that. I seriously doubt that when someone says, hey, you want to come hang out at the house and watch a movie? What A movie? We can't do that. But do you know that there was a time in American Christianity where playing cards and going to see movies was absolutely anathema? All right. So that's that's what I'm talking about. We take the scripture, we apply it to culture, but then our application to culture becomes scripture. And Jesus is saying, if you are afraid to keep going back to the word, to keep coming back and listening to me and taking what I say and giving this new revelation, you are going to get stuck. And I, you at one, you, church, this is for us, we will then hold on to something that can't contain or embrace Jesus. Can you imagine that? If we so applied the scripture to our culture and hung on to that application and not the scripture, we stopped listening to the Holy Spirit, that we actually sort of weed Jesus out of our faith. And that happens over and over. So that is a, an idea and an application of this uh, embracing the new. It doesn't mean getting rid of Scripture. It means what does Scripture say and what are our cultural applications? Because with some of those cultural applications, we're going to lose over time. But what we won't lose is what Scripture actually says. And we'll have new applications going too so, so that we can... You remember, this is a living and active word of God, and we serve a living and active Savior who gives us a living and active spirit. So we need to be attuned to what he's saying and not shut it out by sort of formulating the way we apply it. So let's pray for, gosh, for us, City Church, and um, for Church in America and the church around the world that we um, are always ready for a fresh filling of his spirit and, and peering back into his words to see beautiful and wonderful things. Let's be silent together and then pray. Heavenly Father, it can be so difficult to know when we're accepting new things that are going to harm us, what we really should put a fence up around saying, no, no, you can't, um, like MC Hammer, you can't touch this. And, and then what we should, we should receive as, no, this is, this is the Lord's leading into this, and this is a way that we're going to love and apply a particular text of Scripture. Um, Father, get, so we need your wisdom, James 1.5. We ask for your wisdom, and, and we know because you promise us that you'll give it generously to it. We know that you are living and active, that your word is living and active, and we are ready to listen to you and follow you, even in the places that scare us. And yet we will be anchored to your word, and we will be anchored to you. Thank you that you have revealed yourself to us in Jesus Christ. And when we're questioning, is this the right thing to do? We can look at Jesus Christ. Thank you that you have set yourself up to reveal to us your word. And when we wonder, is this the right thing to do? We can go to your word and say, what does your word say? Thank you, Father, for revealing to us what you want us to know about you and yet also not giving us so much that we don't have to cling to you as we walk. Thank you, Father, that this is a relational, living, and active faith that we serve, a relational, living, and active God. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Spirit. Amen. City Church, go and multiply the gospel.